Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Titans fans? It's Sam Hicks back here with Nick Lombardi. Titans of Filthy, Music City Miracles. We had our bye week. I feel like that even we feel refreshed coming back. And I don't think that there's a better game to come off a bye week than to play the Jacksonville Jaguars just because of, like, if you really want to come back from a bye week and kind of have a week where you're like, you know what, Uh, a very familiar opponent coming off a bye week. We got these players that are coming back from injury. We can kind of see where we're at, see if we can get some things going in the right direction, fix, clean up some mistakes in the, in the home stretch. Uh, obviously, we saw Julio Jones practicing, wrapped up. Still looks a little, he still looks a little tight. He, he little chicken leg, but I mean, so <laughs> Nick, when you're watching it, Nick, like, what is what are some things that like you want to see us like get right coming off his bye week? Um, I mean, uh, I think Buck. Buck Rising put it best when he said um, that the injury report today looked a little little bit less of a CVS receipt. Like, I think, you know, there was like five guys still out and two limited participation, but compared to how we were coming in down the stretch with like 15 guys who weren't practicing at the beginning of the week, I mean, that already goes a long ways. And um, <clears throat> you mentioned Julio being back, and we got to see some Julio footage. Looked like he was getting up into the top gear there. He looked yep. he looked pretty sharp. I don't I don't necessarily I don't know about you, but I don't think we're gonna see him this weekend. I feel like the Titans have really. I mean, it, maybe after they've already lost the Jets and the Texans, they're gonna stop this trend of like, you know, not playing all their big car, you know, their best players um, against these secondary teams. But I was thinking this would be a week for him to practice. To see how he feels, but ultimately give him another week to rest. Yeah, I feel like we're going to get some kind of report tomorrow or Friday where they're going to be like, where there's going to be a press conference where they're like, you know, we're going to take our time with Julio, make sure he gets his feet wet, kind of let him get acclimated, see how that thing feels. And then we're going to, we're not going to rush him back. They're going to kind of leave with that, kind of just let people know, like, listen, because there's already so many people that I've seen that have been like, if he's practicing like that, like, He's running hard. He's going to play. Like, and I know people are like, I want to see Julio, Golden Tate, and then Westbrook and King, like Westbrook, and I want to see them. I'm like, man, to be honest with you, 
I really I'm, I'm to the point now where if he doesn't play and everybody else that we have available played and we couldn't win against Jacksonville, then we got bigger issues, <laughs> which I know yeah. that that was kind of like the, that was kind of what we said against Houston, but Houston was, it was a little bit more of a laundry list. And there's a little bit more that, that I think the defensive side of the ball IR is probably a little bit more important than the offensive side when it comes to some of the stuff that we've had going on to where our game plan has kind of led up a little bit. I know our offense hasn't been great since Henry's been yeah. out. We've had all these IRs and stuff like that. But I, I think when you're playing on a team like Jacksonville because of what they do, I think if we, if we can make plays on defense, get them in third and long, get the ball back, I feel like we could probably do what we're supposed to do in this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play. I think yeah. a lot – th- but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and when they say it, there's going to be a lot of people that are up in arms about it, and I don't think mm-hmm. they should be. Yeah. Yeah, I feel at this point you just shouldn't be surprised if they're going to be cautious with Julio. Like, that's that's been their MO the entire year. They're not going to rush him back if they don't think he's ready. And, you know, frankly, like, even, you know, I, I guess that they did drop games to Houston and the Jets, and you can't look past Jacksonville, but they still should beat Jacksonville without Julio. Um, I, I do think that this, you know, you mentioned the defense. I think the defense, the guys who weren't injured just needed the rest. Um, Because if you think about guys like Landry and Simmons and Autry, like those guys have, have, you know, especially um, Simmons had the ankle and then Landry had, had, I think, maybe a hamstring problem down down the stretch um, before the bye. But those guys were playing so much more because guys like Dupree and um, guys in the secondary route, you know, they were just playing every single snap, getting worn down, even though they weren't necessarily hurt. So back to your original question. I think everybody just is going to be refreshed coming back because the, you know, the guys who weren't hurt were exhausted because they were having to carry more weight with everybody else being out. So I'm hoping we see a new team basically, because they, they were definitely, they were definitely dragging in some aspects and, and when you're dragging, you make mistakes. So it's not surprising they had so many turnovers. So that's, I mean, if, if, and if we're talking about number one thing I'm looking for this week is no turnovers. I mean, nine turnovers in two games, you're not going to beat anybody no matter who it is. So cleaning that up is probably the main thing I'm looking for this weekend. Yeah, I saw they were. I saw where um, people were talking about ball security being so big when they were posting footage of the practice. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's everywhere. Lamar Jackson was probably one of the first quarterbacks in a long time to win a game throwing four interceptions. It just doesn't yeah. you can't win a game when that happens. The only reason yeah. they were able to win the game, they were able to win that game was because their opponent was playing terrible and all his yeah. interceptions on there were so deep in uh, yeah. the other team's territory that it was kind of like a it was like a punch. Like so it just mm-hmm. kind of worked out. But I mean, it's just the turnover battle's big, man. John May used to always say, Hey, look, look, Al, I'll, I'll tell you this. When you get out there on that side of the football field and you throw it into the center, you got to give your guy a chance. I mean, it, 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 yeah, that's what he was saying. I mean, so like, like, the last part was spot on. Yeah. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the Madden mumble. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Brett Ford. But I right, so like, that's like, the, it's like the, uh, it's, it's football one on one. I mean, at the end of the day, you win the turnover battle, you win the game. It's, a, it's something that's always yeah, drilled man. in our head coming up as football fans that it's just one of those things that have been taught from us like for years on years on years. And I, and it's rare for us as Titans fans to be used to seeing a lot of turnovers for a Tennessee Titans team. We've, we've, it's rare to see that. 
We've always been mm-hmm. extremely well disciplined. And I think that a lot of that just has to be with a lot of players being in positions that they're not used to being in. When you have yeah. so many players that are playing so many snaps that are not usually in the snap count, I mean, you're going to get those mistakes. I mean, they're wet behind the ears. So I think yeah. getting some people back and getting some people in there, it'll kind of help. Um, it'll kind of help all those uh, woes that we've had. But here's one thing that I do know um, before I let you go. But here's one thing that I do know is I think once people start coming back, it's going to be really hard to like watch a football game and not in the back of your head be like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Like, oh, I feel yeah. we're, got, we're all going to be so gunshot. Yeah. And um, just any time a guy goes down on the field, you're going to just expect the worst. And I mean, frankly, because the, the IR rules are if you go on IR the second time, your season's over. So it's like, and, you know, not that there's many games left to begin with, but you're like, oh, man, like it's going to be at the point. If you get injured now, can they come back for it from this in time to make a difference for the end of the season or a playoff run? Um, like the run, the runway is getting, getting thin. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's – I think everybody's going to be waiting with bated breath. I mean – um, we, we don't have any other people to spare with, with, you know, how many practice squad guys you've already called up, like it, it's got to stop. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, as far as the turnovers, man, I, I'm going back to that real quick. I just don't want, I just hope to God Tannehill doesn't turn the ball over. Not as much because like, obviously we talked about the importance of it. I just can't, I can't withstand another round of Tannehill questions. Oh, do you? I saw I saw a tweet today. Who do you trust? Who would you trust more, Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill? Yep, I've seen it. And it's you know I, I get he's had a rough stretch, and I actually think in some ways Kirk Cousins is underrated if you like look at his actual stats. But do people not realize like Kirk Cousins' extensive history of choking in big moments? Like he is like the last guy you want to trust when like the game is on the line, like. Anytime they go to the playoffs, he falls on his face. Like uh, my, my parents live in Minnesota and they said that everybody up there just absolutely hates him. So it's, you know, it's a grass is always greener on the other side, but Tannehill does need to, you know, step it up. You see, I don't know if you saw, he went on an Island vacation with the fam. Yep. Hopefully he got his mind right. He's good to go. But yeah, I personally, like I would hate to see the interception or a fumble, but I would hate, the, the discussion that would come afterwards even more. Yeah, I mean, he's got to do it for itself now. I mean, we can only you can only protect him so much with play calling. But I do think when he gets some of those weapons back, that is going to help a little bit to kind of a just get his confidence back. The time is going to be better because there's so many. There's a there's I want to say at least five interceptions where there's just been a miscommunication between him and the route timing of the receivers that have been like oh well he's even gotten defended by some people that have just watched it that have been able to tell oh well obviously yeah. the receiver's supposed to do something there we we can see it so I feel like once you get more for, for like familiar back and you get that and it makes it a little bit easy I know people used to make all the jokes all the time about how uh they're like man like there was a year where Tom Brady had receivers who I I to this day, I couldn't tell you exactly where they are. They're probably back working <laughs> yeah. at a car dealership. But the thing was, is that, the, that those were the receivers all year. Mm-hmm. Like, so it worked out. And he made he made some names for some of those guys because 
they were they were already there. It just kind of worked. And that's what I felt about Cole Beasley when he first got to when he first was playing in Dallas. But the thing was, is he played all season. So yeah, once like when you practice with those guys all the time, it gets better. But whenever we're just calling people up from the practice squad or we're putting in fourth string, fifth string who don't get a lot of reps, you're gonna have those issues. Yeah. And then uh, and then we we try to sprinkle back in the starters, but they not healthy. Right. So that's what happens. That's why it kind of was just like, listen, just put Julio to the side, let him get let like, let him get as healthy as possible, sit the four games. That's why I'm like, you don't if if you can get away with not playing him, mean, we can pull this out. Like, might be the best play. I mean, we still got some tough games coming up. I know that in in like a coach's head, it's kind of like, well, we still got that magic number of of three just to get that. Like, we still need yeah. to push for it. We're right there behind the Patriots. They got a big they got a big game coming up. So, I mean, there's still some opportunities in there. They still got to play the Bills again. So that it's it's tough because that top seed's still there. But what do you do? Yeah, um, you, you can't you can't let up. And I don't think that's been the Titans' um, goal at all is to let the foot off the gas. I think it's really just been um, they are looking at the big picture, right? Um, and even now they're still in a good position second overall seed with how many injuries they've been right like you can argue how well they've played it with how they've handled the injuries up to this point but if they can get in the playoffs especially a high seed with everybody healthy at that point for the start of the playoffs you know it's kind of hard to argue with that um in terms of how they handled it so we'll see and you know speaking of handling like Golden Tate, will we see him this week? You know, you're talking about chemistry and everything. Uh, Tannehill said he hasn't built a ton with Julio, so he certainly hasn't built much with Golden Tate. But the difference, I think, is with veteran receivers like those, like those guys have seen so many balls come their way. Like they've gotten the reps. They know – they don't even need to necessarily know like what what their quarterback – personally wants to do they've just like what is a quarterback generally looking for in this situation right like i should sit here because that's what a quarterback you know it might not always be on the same page but that's a big gap between like a desmond patrick who just obviously had no idea what was going on and what to expect at that you know pace of play so um bringing all these guys in just it feels good at the right time i mean still a couple crucial guys you know we don't have aj starting to worry a little bit about um david long if if he's going to be back um but it's been a frustrating run up until this point, but I don't really know how much better they could have played it besides making guys play through injuries, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's that's kind of how I feel about it, too. I mean, and then in that point, what ends up happening is when you're already in such good positioning for the playoffs, it's kind of like you kind of have to think about it. Is how do you protect yourself from yourself, right? So in that position where you're like, oh, let's play for that playoff seed, but – then you get to the playoffs and you got all these guys that are banged up and then it gets worse. And then you have to end up sitting somebody for the rest of the playoffs. I mean, you're done. Okay, so even if you have to go on the road in the playoffs, you still have to kind of think long-term on like how you have to do it. There's a lot of teams that can go wild card to playoffs. So I would like to be really in a really good position when it comes to seeding wise, but at the same time, it's, I would much rather have a lot more healthy. I'd much rather have Julio, AJ, Derek, David Long, like I want these guys to be like ready to go yeah. when we get into the big time games because the playoffs are when it really matters. 
So well, let me it. let me ask you this: You're talking about seeds when they both have a bye this week, but next week Patriots versus Colts. Who are you rooting for there? If we win this week, you got to root Patriots. You got to root Colts, right? It's tough because. There's not really – I mean, I guess they have the Cardinals the week after. The Patriots but, do? Uh, no, the Colts. Because no, if we were talking about the Magic number three number, so, yeah, right. you're, you're down to two at that point. I'm almost like the you know the wild card is going to be – the top seed is going to be such a crazy race with all these teams. Yeah. Like, I just want to lock down the AFC South. We have that in the bag. So, if we if we beat the Jags and the Colts lose to the Patriots – we only need to win one of our last what three three games, right? Like that seems very very doable. So right, um, right. It's tough, and yeah, you know, if they if they somehow lose to the Jags, then it's unquestionably you're rooting for the Patriots. But yep. yeah, that 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 appeal of the first overall seed, you know, it's it's there. But I'm just like, just get us in, get us healthy. We'll 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 be okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of coach fans that want to see a run happen so that we can end up facing off in the playoffs. I understand that. Um, but yeah, I, I, would, I want them out of the playoffs. Like I would, I would love that more than all I would love that. Colts fans to not make the playoffs. I would love that. I got one guy that's just been going at me nonstop for no reason on, on Twitter for, I, just because I, just because I, he just happened to talk some smack at you. I posted something and I'm like, dude, like, why are you talking? Like you got sweat. because, <laughs> They live in Indiana, man. There's not a lot to do. They got time. They got time. Man, they got all the time to work. I'm like, dude, like, don't you have, like, I don't know, like, some straw to see rolling down the road or, like, <laughs> some – like, I don't even know what you do like in Indiana. Cows like, for a couple don't you hours, have, yeah. Don't you got some Hoosiers to go coach? Like, what do we do? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. But I do know this. I will say this. that the, I think that the Indianapolis Coast team that we faced all season is a little bit different now. I'll give them that. I think that yeah, they're I think definitely from lot, the first the first game at least. Yeah, they're yeah. I think they're a lot better and uh it would be a lot better matchup. I think that they are a little bit more confident than they probably should be because they think that it'd be closer because of some of the losses we've had and they're not taking into account the bodies that were out. But um and the vision games are tough, man. Like there's no reason that um I'm trying to think. So like the when the Bengals the Bengals able to beat down the Ravens the way they did. Nobody's been able to play the Ravens like that. Like it's just because it's a division game. These division games are hard to win, and I think that uh, that's why there's a lot of teams that are like on upset alert. I, I mean, it's just it's like that every single season. Whenever you're playing a divisional opponent, it's always going to be a good game, and people got to realize that that there's always there's always going to be close. Even the Falcons kept it close with the Bucks until late in the game. I mean. Right. Every game is going to be like that. Vikings in the lines. I mean, it's, it's kind of how it is. I, Houston didn't keep it close with the Colts because I think that Houston is just kind of like, oh, we're done. Like, just hang, yeah. just throw it in. But that's always going to be Steelers beating the Ravens. Like, I mean, there's, there's Seahawks beating 49ers. 49ers mm. look like the, one of the hottest teams in the league over the past, like, two weeks yep. before they ran into the buzzsaw. Yep. And then they got beat. I think I saw that the Seahawks only wins are I think it's the Texans, the Jaguars, and the 49ers twice. <laughs> like, yep. Which yep. is very lopsided. Yep. Kind of reminds 
reminds me of what the Titans have done, but yeah. but worse. And the and the crazy thing is, is I don't understand why. Like right now, the Seahawks are kind of, they they kind of, they got the quarterback back. They still have all the receivers. I know Jamal Adams is out now. Their defense has been playing kind of bad, but I think they've been extremely underwhelming and underperforming this year. Wilson might actually want out of there. I don't know what's going on, but uh, it's just they keep when they run into these divisional opponents, like it makes it really tough. It's hard. It's hard to win those games, but they, I mean, when you play a divisional opponent, you're gonna get a good game. So I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, but whenever I'm looking at a schedule, every time I every time we go into a division game, I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna have crazy expectations. Oh no, you you can't look past the division. Yeah, yeah. Right. We, I mean, we we didn't look. We looked past the Jets. We didn't look past Houston. And we, I mean, no. was, was. So yeah. I'm not looking past the Jags, uh, especially without Henry in there. It's it's usually Henry's like celebration mm-hmm. game where he just pads stats, and that's not gonna happen now. You think Hilliard goes for hundred again? Well, Hilliard is an interesting, um, interesting case because I think I, I'm, I'm I need to double check this, but I think McNichols practiced today, mm. so he's kind of playing the McNichols role, right? And the Titans have shown that they're like a very loyal organization, and so I don't necessarily think McNichols lost his job on on his on his week off basically that uh, you know it, but at the same time Hilliard you know rushed for 11 I think on the year let's see he's rushing for almost nine yards a carry that's that's hard hard yeah. to not give that guy carry so I think what we'll end up seeing is McNichols resuming his old role which is like purely a third down back because I think he's probably still a better receiver than Hilliard is. Right. But then maybe Hilliard is getting some more of the early down work. And, you know, McNichols didn't really show too much promise there when he got those opportunities. So maybe Hilliard and Foreman are splitting um, duties. And it'll be interesting to see, too, will Hilliard get, uh, you know, the lion's share of the carries over Foreman? Because they just signed Jordan Wilkins to the practice squad, who's a very similar – back to foreman you know big physical dude and i i think he's a better running back than foreman is i mean he had two really good years i don't say really good he had two pretty good years in indianapolis before kind of dropping off last year so are they bringing him in like yeah we're not quite sure about foreman because i don't know about you but i saw a lot of foreman clips where it's like you know the 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 path on the right is like all bright and sunny and the path on the left is all dark and stormy. And he, he goes down the dark and stormy one every single time, which is right into the ass of his left guard. Yeah. That's um, what, that's what just, Peterson was doing too. And that's why yep. he's not here. So. Hey man, he's, he's out there. They're in win now mode with him out in Seattle. I mean, yeah, I think he win, rushed. Win, win now for what? <laughs> he, uh, I think he had like the exact same stat line. It was like seven carries, 11 yards touchdown. Like yeah, yeah. he's just going to, okay. He's just going to get cut everywhere. And he's like, how many organizations can I get a tutty with before I hang it up? Yep. Yeah. Um, but no, I'll, I'll be really interested to see how they manage the running backs. Cause I do think that they still have love for McNichols and they're not going to, you know, completely demote him just cause he was injured. So, um, you know, do they think Hilliard is going to be more of the running back? I mean, it's easy to think of him as like a small little, like McNich- McNichols was a small guy. Dion Lewis is a small guy. 
Hilliard was five is five eleven two oh two. That's a good running back size. Like that's enough to carry the load. So I, I am interested to see how they manage the running backs this week. Yeah, uh, I, I was thinking maybe they'll maybe they'll go uh, maybe they'll just go straight high school. Just Hilliard on Hilliard on like the your early downs, uh, first second medium. If you're getting third and more than five, you bring in McNichols. If it's third and short, you bring in Foreman and try to just kind of pick it up that way. Yeah. Just kind of yeah. beat him up a little bit. But I think that there's going to be a lot of uh, – the way Jacksonville plays, it it may just be a chance to just eat them up in like the little first and second down, like play action. I feel like they bite on it, and you can just kind of pick your poison there. Yeah. I, I got – so we'll see what we'll see what happens there. I, I just what I really want to see is I want to see the defense kind of get back to what they're supposed to do. I want to see is get after Trevor Lawrence, make him call mm. some mistakes, get a couple turnovers. We gotta we gotta we gotta find a way to force more turnovers. Especially going deep into the season and as we before we get to the playoffs. I want to see the defense causing turnovers. So I feel like that this is an opportunity to kind of get after a little bit because yep. uh Jackson will give you some chances if you actually do what you're supposed to do. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. Maybe uh, Vrabel was watching Belichick do a QB sneak on third and five. Maybe he's gonna work that into the playbook this weekend. We'll see. It may, it may have been, <laughs> it may have been. I watched, so I was watching that game. I was at a poker game. I was watching it, and I think we we all agreed it may have been the worst def- run defense that I mm-hmm. probably ever watched like in a live game. It never felt like they were going to stop anything that was happening. And you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. But I, I, for some reason, every single play, it was just wide open. And it, it makes it not surprising the fact that Derrick Henry busted that big run on him because yeah. I was watching. I was like, man, there's there's so many runs. There were so many, like, opportunities there where I'm like, man, like, if they if it was any kind of – like. Pro Bowl running back. It's, it, there was at least three more touchdowns there that, that it could have been busted. Yeah. Where they would just ha- happen to be able to kind of close on, but it, after they get like 15, 20 yards on them, they were just eating them up. And I like I either either they're gonna walk, go back and watch the film of that game and be like, okay, like we know we have to shift some things up, but I don't I don't know that when it's when it's that bad, I don't know if you can correct all that. Well, they were like the biggest babies about it ever in the press conferences after so, the game. So. And, you know, we were talking about the Colts, and I was like, I just don't want them to make the playoffs. Bills had one job was to beat the Patriots. They didn't do it. So now I'm like, get the hell out. Like, I, I don't want it. Like, I want you to lose your playoff contention as a whole now, especially after that. Like, McDermott said, no, don't give Bill too much credit after he got his ass kicked by Bill. But yeah, he also didn't take any blame, and he threw a bunch of people under the bus. Like, McDermott is a classic football hardo without a sense of humor. Like there are guys like Vrabels who are like a bit of a hardo, but they're kind of, you know, they're kind of like, you know, in high school, there's the douchey jock who like, you still kind of like, despite yourself, like this guy's an asshole, but you know, I still like him. Yeah. McDermott is just like super serious, no fun. And like a hard ass about stuff like that. So that's the worst combination of football guys right there. Yeah, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't like playing for him. Like that's the thing. He's not like a. He's not a player's coach. He's never played. Like he's not like. He's not like. I'll, I'll get in there and rough it up with you. Like he seems like. He he blows the whistle, 
He holds the he holds the play card and he tells you when you fucked up. He doesn't like oh yeah, it's looking no, like gotta, a thumb. Yeah, yeah. He, he he wouldn't get in and be like, oh, you got to make sure you get your hips right. Like he's not that guy. You're like no player's ever put his hands on him like you can with Brady. Like there's none of that going on when it comes to him. And I think that that lack of mental toughness is what's going to end up costing the Bills whenever they get into big time ball games. And it's just I think that they just they just they got their they just got their ass kicked. I mean, I mean, if we just want to put it plain and simple, like it was just an old fashioned, let's just smash them, smash them, smash them, and they gave up. Yeah, and I saw people defending them, like, oh, well, and it was funny because the same thing with Henry. Oh, we only gave up that one big run. It's like those those count. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, you only gave up that counted. That was a real thing that happened that you mm-hmm. allowed to happen, mm-hmm. and the fact and- that that you. It was like the Patriots were not being sneaky. They were just like, we're going to run the hell out of the ball. Yep. And the Bills realized that and put nine in the box. If you get, if you know the run is coming, you should be able to figure out a way to stop it. And they didn't. And like, there's, you know, no real excuse for that. They can act like, oh, we only gave up 14 points. That's what the Patriots wanted. The Patriots wanted a low scoring game, just keep wearing down the defense and trust that they could stop Josh Allen from scoring in those conditions, and they did. And that's why Belichick is the GOAT. And, you know, you saw some of those question marks come up last year when he was, you know, trying to rough it out with Cam Newton. Oh, it was it Brady all the time? And now you see Belichick. It's funny how once you get a decent quarterback and some weapons around him, what you can do with it. And we're, yeah. we're seeing that again. Yeah. I mean, listen. And I understand that uh, – I understand Matt Jones didn't have a whole lot to do with that win, but the thing is, is they're on a seven-game winning streak. It hasn't been every single game where he hasn't stepped up and made some kind of throws and been able to do what he wants to. Bill's putting him in a position where he's keeping Matt Jones from making mistakes that quarterbacks should be making at the point that he is in his career. And you got you to kind of give Bill credit for that. I, I mean, and it's – I think that when it comes to that whole was it Bill or was it Tom conversation, we can just kind of just chalk it up to both of those guys are general the like generational great, and we kind of we we have to accept that that they just happen to meet up at the same team, and it's just something that we probably won't see again in our lifetime, and we kind of have to it's just just kind of mark it up like they they both are really good at what they do. Uh, you're yeah. never gonna bet against Tom. And, like, it's really, really hard to bet against Tom Brady. I mean, it's really, really hard to bet against Bill Belichick. You don't want to bet against either one of those guys because that Bill's going to out-scheme you. And I think that Tom has a factor where whenever you go to practice and you know Tom Brady's on your team, you practice a little hard because mm-hmm. you know that he's going to be prepared. He knows yep. what you're – he already knows what you're supposed to be doing. And players notice that. Right, there's never been a time where – it's like it's like in your job. I mean, you know, you know that one person that whenever you got a presentation to make, and they, like you know that one guy that's going to know what every single number is. We had a Zoom call today where we went over every single big time number for Pepsi, and you know that one guy that's been there for thirty some years, and he like, listen, I, like I remember we had this, this, and this going on. So you know, if you don't have your numbers right, he's gonna unmute yeah. from the Zoom and be like, oh well, no, actually, like. If you do this, this, and this, it, it's until you're like, okay, I, I need to be prepared because I'm yeah. not prepared. Yeah. I'm going to get called out. And so, like, that's, I feel like that's what they bring to the table. 
So it elevates a team as a whole whenever you're a starter in that position because you want to do your job. You want to do your part. So, I, I mean, I think yeah. that's why a lot of people are like, oh, well, can we see a New England and Tampa Bay like match up in the Super Bowl? And I understand the argument because of the fact that both of those guys can have their teams ready to go. Even if Tom Brady's not a coach, he matters. <laughs> he yeah. matters. Well, let me ask you this. You know, obviously Brady's in the NFC. Might have to see him in the Super Bowl. But out of AFC teams, which one scares you the most right now in their, in their current form? Oh man. Is it is it Mahomes cuz he kind of has that Brady factor? I was going to or... say that. I was going to say that, but the only thing about Mahomes is for some reason he does not elevate the play of his defense. I think his defense played really well uh in their last game they had, they won 22 to 9, but for some reason it hasn't worked out for him the same way that it works out for Brady. Uh, I would probably I would probably still say either Baltimore or the Patriots because I think yeah. that I think that uh, Baltimore Baltimore is extremely hard to, to plan for I think they can give us the, the biggest fit when it comes to uh, defensively trying to scheme for that they wear defense down with the way that uh, Lamar plays he's really hard to get I mean they should have won the game against Pittsburgh it is what it is I mean I think TJ Watt had a lot to do TJ Watt not get, getting that pressure and Lamar, if Lamar just doesn't drop back as far as he likes to drop back on that play, then he's throwing a clean pass, two-point conversion is good, and we're talking, we're having a whole different conversation now because Baltimore's number yeah. one in the AFC. But I think that he's really hard to plan for, but I think Bill has so many teams ready to go. Uh, I think that uh, Mike Rabel does a good job planning against Bill Belichick because of the fact that they have uh, – he knows how Bill Belichick plans, so he has a game plan that matches it really well. But I think that between them and Baltimore would be the two teams that I would be worried to face the most. If I'm being honest, if we're talking right now, I think the Colts might be playing the best out of any AFC, AFC team. Like, as much as I hate to say that, um, they – probably should have beat Tampa Bay if it wasn't for Tom Brady, you know, yep. storming back there at the end and a big run by Fournette. Um, and that they're just good on both sides of the ball. And Wentz is playing really well, which is a scary thing. Um, I think Kansas city is looking maybe a little better than they, they are. If you consider who their opponents have been, yep. I mean, Denver, nothing impressive. Yeah, Like the only blowout game they've had recently is against Las Vegas, who's all over the place. Um, don't have a real yeah. head coach. Um, Buffalo, yeah, like you, you said, the mental toughness doesn't seem there. Josh Allen just isn't the same this year. I don't know if it's the lack of crowds or what, but he's, not, he's not, not the world beater he was last year. Right, and it's not like – it's it wasn't like that all season. Like he started out the season on fire, and mm-hmm. I don't understand – like. Him and Matt Stafford both went from MVP candidates to what the hell's going on, and I don't understand. I don't understand what has changed because they both have. They both still have the Diggs is still there in Buffalo. Knox is phenomenal. I mean, so I they have the weapons to kind of get stuff done. It's just they just kind of felt Buffalo's really one dimensional. And whenever you put them in a position where, like, whenever they uh, the passing game went out of the window. 
And I know this because FanDuel decided to bless me with $100 worth of free bets, and I'm betting on all these over on passing yards. And I'm like, and then I see the what I see the weather after the fact that I make these bets. I'm like, well, no, this is hitting. And you, they just don't have a running game. Like, I mean, it's just what it is. Like, I don't think their running back is terrible, but it, it, they don't plan for that. And they try to. And when when they had the they had the first and the third quarter to be able to throw the ball, and Josh Allen has the strongest arm of almost any quarterback in the league. And so it makes it really hard for him. I was like, I, I remember, I remember saying that out loud. I was like, he's got to take a little bit off, take a little bit of juice off of this because, like, if he throws it like he normally throws it, that ball's selling. And there's a couple passes where he threw it. I'm like, yeah, like he's not gonna be able to get, he's not getting up to that. Like, so I think that they've kind of, they've got to put themselves in a position where Josh Allen can kind of get back to doing what he does, like. Roll him out a little bit, give him an option of where if he got to use his feet, he can use his feet fast as hell. We saw that, so it's, it makes it it makes it really tough to to kind of gauge exactly where he is. And Stafford just needs to, I don't know. Sean McVay's Sean McVay's like one of the smartest coaches in the league. He has he has a photographic memory for God's sake, and I, like so, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Allen, but it's ugly. Yeah, and, you know, there's always this talk about running backs don't matter. You just, you know, I don't know if it's our offensive line or what it is, but the running game is just so non-existent. It really, yeah. it really is just easy to game plan against. And I yeah. think with a guy like Allen who's so prone to injuries, like coaches, good coaches can take advantage of that and put them in situations to make mistakes. Um, and, I mean, that, that – they're a good warning. The Jags beat them this year. You can't forget. Like, that's why you can't look past the Jags. I mean, you were just talking about um, McVeigh. And on the flip side, the Jags were their get right game. Like, after a rough stretch, just came up and, you know, walloped, walloped the Jags. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the Colts are probably the team I worry about most, and maybe the Patriots. And then the Chiefs, I would say, because I do think that that offense is starting to come around a little bit. And the defense is is playing a lot better, which is probably the biggest point. Um, Baltimore, I don't know. Like, they, they're, like, kind of like the Titans, and they've had so many injuries. You know, they just lost – I think they just lost Marlon Humphrey, didn't they? Like, their best cornerback. Yeah, like, he, he they're losing team. guys, and the guys aren't coming back. Like, they're yeah. – like, at least our guys, like, are, are coming back. They're, they're gone gone for the season, so – they look like they've been running on fumes for a while, so I don't know how much longer they can keep it up. So I'm still sticking to the Titans get all their guys back by the playoffs. I think I think the AFC is ripe for the taking. Yeah, I mean, that's it's wide open, dude. It's so wide open. And I think if I'm looking at the other side, uh, I know we talked about Tampa Bay and stuff like that, but I also think that Green Bay is one. Of, Green Bay is extremely scary uh, just because Aaron Rodgers just tends to no matter what situation he has practice or not he's just a, he's a gamer and I feel like he just happens to win games no matter what's going on out there and it, I, he showed his worth let's put it that way um there was a couple of free agents that uh have popped up I know that Houston released a linebacker I I was working all day so I haven't really been able to pay attention to uh, a whole lot of what's been going on but can you give us a little bit of uh, insight on what it was that you saw today? And I saw that you had a couple things to say about a couple of guys you saw. 
Um, yeah, so Zach Cunningham was the guy who got released. Um, you probably remember him. I think that was um, – they, they only gave him an extension like a year or two ago, like a huge extension, make him one of the highest paid inside linebackers in the league. So it's pretty crazy that he's out already. Um, Houston, man, I think they're just like – they've started their own cult down there basically. Like all these holdovers, like Justin Reed has gotten benched. Um, Zach Cunningham got benched, and now they're just getting rid of guys. They have all these weird journeymen, the Rex Burkheads and stuff, who they brought in. And I don't understand David Cully, why he's there, and Easterby and all this stuff. But anyways, um, they restructured Cunningham's deal so that if we were to claim him, it would cost us next to nothing. But some people are speculating he'll he'll still hit free agency. Um because there's like a $10 million injury settlement, you know, if, if he were to get injured in these last few games that, you know, a team like Detroit's not going to want to take out, you know, take on that risk to have a linebacker come play a few meaningless games for them. So it'll be interesting to see if the Titans put on, a, put out a claim, but, you know, there was also a report today, they were working out Jalen Smith who, you know, recently the Cowboys and then was terrible for the Packers when he went there. So you start to get a little bit worried, like, is David Long okay? Like, or you know, are we going to see him again? What's maybe Monty Rice isn't going to be coming back? There's definitely some smoke there in terms of needing more linebacking bodies. Um, so, you know, I was talking on Twitter. I think for you know, Cunningham hasn't played well this year, but um, he's with a new defense, Lovey Smith's defense, as opposed to the Vrabel style defense. Vrabel was his defensive coordinator his rookie year, so there's familiarity there. Um, I'd almost rather take on that injury risk to bring in a guy that they're familiar with and they know can play rather than put someone out there like Jalen Smith, who's really struggled. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I think he could be a, you know, a big addition. And if he does hit free agency, which might be the best case scenario, Titans can offer him, you know, the relationship with the Vrabel. Uh, he's from Northern Alabama, he went to Vanderbilt. So he's got the familiarity with Nashville and also, man, just, you know, some sweet, sweet revenge, you know, like if, if his relationship with the Texans really soured, you know, there's a lot of players who like to stay within the division to kind of stick it to their old team. And, oh yeah, you know, he, I'm sure he knows that the final game of the season is, is in Houston and would enjoy that. So we'll see what happens. I expect if the Titans um, either putting in a claim or go after him once he hits free agency, um, I, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Are there any more free agents uh, that you happen to see that the Titans may take a stab at as we kind of gear up for the playoff run? Um, I mean, <laughs> I did see one of the guys that worked out today was Dwayne Johnson. So, you know, the, the, rock, rock. the rock can do it all. So, um, I, I don't – you know, he's, he's a good defensive lineman, so maybe spell Autry for a little bit. We'll, we'll see. Um but no, I, I think, you know, maybe we'll see, you know, he's not a free agent now because he's on the practice squad, but if um, Foreman continues to run into asses, you know, we might see Wilkins come up to the, to the active roster. Right. We still don't know what Golden Tate, you know, he's still technically practice squad. Is he going to come up to the active roster? Are they just going to keep promoting him? Um, but as far as free agents, no, what I, what I tweeted out earlier today was about free agents next year. Um, so I'm probably already getting too ahead of myself, but I'm, I'm addicted to the free agency stuff. So, I hear you. um, I, I think, you know, there's going to be a lot of good interior linemen next year. I kind of think, you know, 
Um, ben Jones is already free agent. Um, and Roger Saffold, I think, you know, he, this might be his last year with the Titans simply because he's 34. Can't really pass block like he used to. And the Titans could save like 10 million by cutting him. So there's some good young um, interior linemen. I can see them chasing, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I guess I got to, I, I better focus on the season at hand first before I, I start uh, fantasizing about the new toys and free agents. Look, there's, not, there's nothing wrong with making sure that we are able to kind of talk about, uh, you know, success down the road, because I know that we got, we got a lot of chips kind of all in right now and it makes it, it's kind of, it's so dangerous to look at because you're thinking in your head, you're like, if we don't make it happen right now, I mean, are we going to go through a little spell of, oh, well, you know, we're trying to get this piece back and this piece back. And then yeah. next thing you know, we're like nine and seven or something crazy. But yeah. right, so there's a whole lot that goes into that. We'll never we could be thinking about it. Um, and- yeah, I don't think they can afford to bring in any new bodies. Like it's one of those things, like if you're here now, like you're going to be the one who's going to have to play a major role. Like there's yeah. just not that many good players out there um, except maybe Cunningham. Um, but past that, I think you're, they're going to have to roll with who they have, whether they're healthy or, you know, a practice squatter. I think it's going to be, it is what it is here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what you see is what you get. So hopefully we can turn that thing around and get, we can get people, if we get people back, like I said, I just feel like getting people back on the defensive side is going to be so important because I think that when you get to the playoffs, we've seen that if you got a great, if you got a good defense, it, it means so much more than a good offense in the playoffs. I mean, I think that Tampa Bay was a testament to that last year, mm-hmm. and I mean, even even the year that the uh, the Chiefs were able to overcome the 49ers, the 49ers were supposed to have a great defense and they got outplayed. Uh, by the Chiefs and Christian Jones and all of them just like kind of like they stepped up, did what they were supposed to do. And I think that it's going to mean it's going to mean a lot. And the Chiefs defense isn't that great this year, which is why I don't know if they really make my list of teams that are going to be like, oh, they're going to surprise us. But you never know. You never know if they get things going back the right way. They still they still like I said, Jones still balling out. So we're going to see exactly what happens in that. And um that's the only reason that the Cowboys, I think, have even been uh, relevant this year. It's because I think Mika's been like Mika's been going off down there. So when you got somebody that's getting pressure on the quarterback and they're causing mistakes, and Diggs is getting his interception because quarterbacks are being rushed, then it matters. Like all that stuff matters. So we'll see what yeah. happens in the playoffs. Um, as we get into it, do you have do you did you happen to get us any stats that we can talk about? I got a couple. Um, you know, we were talking about Hilliard and McNichols and Foreman and how that was going to look like. Um, I, I think the Jags are going to be a good get right game, not only because they're the Jags, but especially because their run defense has been so porous lately. Um, over the last four weeks, Jacksonville has given up an average of 143 rushing yards a game. Um, they gave up 128 last week um, to the Rams. And that was their first 100 yard rusher of the season. And that was Sony Michelle because um, Daryl Henderson was sitting out. So they had a backup come in and do a lot of damage, which bodes well for our group, right. especially with how, I mean, that kind of gets for, I mean, not forgotten, but we're talking so much about the loss and everything, but they ran the boss probably, you know, the best they've run it in terms of blocking and um, you know, m- minus the fumbling um, against new England. So 
the Titans are at their best when they can run the ball effectively. So I think it's going to be a good get right game, not only because, you know, they've got some rest, it's against a divisional opponent they usually play well against, but they should be able to do what they like best and effectively run the ball and get pass action, play action going. Um, so looking forward to seeing that. Um, let's see some other stats um, on the flip side of the ball in terms of rushing. James Robinson only got eight carries last week. Carlos Hyde is out there getting, you know, I mean, I, I get that he's Urban's boy, but at a certain point, like James Robinson is so good, especially last year. And I feel like the Jaguars are just squandering all this talent. Yeah. And so I'm really hoping they retain Urban another year because like another year of this, I mean, not only is James Robinson not getting um, the touches he deserves, but Trevor Lawrence, I mean, we were talking about Mac Jones a little bit, but Trevor Lawrence was considered like a can't miss prospect. And right now he's passing for 58% completion, nine touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Like that just goes to show how big, like how much coaching matters with like these young guys, especially quarterbacks. Um, I mean, even now, do you still think Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? I, I don't I think that if Trevor Lawrence was in New England, that they probably have a couple more wins than they have now. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I'm, if Mac I, Jones was in Jacksonville, they, they, they probably, they probably have won. They probably win. Yeah. 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 Uh so it's just the fact that and it's not a knock on Mac Jones. I think that he's doing a good job. Yeah, and, he, he's good, good and he's he, I think he's really smart. But I think that uh Trevor Lawrence's natural talent alone because of the way that he's able to kind of fling the ball, that Bill Belichick would be able to kind of feed him a little bit more than he feeds Mac Jones when it comes to some of those. He'd be able to open up just a tad bit more. I think that would go a long way with some, yeah. of, stuff, some with, in some of those tight games whenever you kind of have to – because I think that the Patriots offensive line is phenomenal. Like, and yeah. I think that it, it matters a lot whenever you drop back and you give Trevor Lawrence a little bit more time. I think he's able to make a few more plays than Mac Jones makes. It is what it is. Well, and I, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like the malarkey years um, with when guys come in and are like, this is a scheme that's always worked for me. This is what we're going to do. And like, that's not necessarily, it doesn't seem like that's the best scheme for Trevor Lawrence. Like if you have this unicorn of a prospect, you cater your offense around him and what works best for him. Right. Not right. like, uh, yeah, let's let's do a lot of RPO stuff with you. Like, no, like this dude is is. I mean, he can do it because he's that good, but it should work the other way around. Yeah. It's kind of that backwards way of thinking. So. He's crazy. He's crazy athletic. I mean, I th- I feel like that. Like I said, he's able to kind of extend plays with his legs when he needs to. Yeah, which I don't feel like that Matt can do is at the same rate. And I I mean, whenever he throws it, when he throws the ball deep, his accuracy. Deep ball accuracy is a lot better than Matt Jones. It is. Yeah. It is what it is. I don't think – I can't think of a rookie that has better deep ball accuracy whenever they have time in the pocket than Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, yep. there's a lot that he's able to do. He just doesn't have the pe- – he doesn't have the pieces around him to make it happen. Don't forget, when Peyton Manning first started, like, I, I don't think Peyton Manning was great until they finally decided, okay, we got to get some offensive alignment pieces in here to kind of help, yeah. help it work. Peyton Manning is probably not as good of a quarterback as he was if he didn't have like Jeff Saturday and all those guys in front. So all that stuff matters when it comes to a quarterback. Quarterback has to have a good relationship with his offensive lineman and they have to be on the same page. 
And Jacksonville right now is still like, well, we got these good, we got these good uh, skill players, and even if they had Travis Etienne in there, I don't think that they are a whole lot better. Yeah, and it just seems like Urban Meyer's a terrible coach. Like to everything you see about him, like in his quotes and everything like that, he just doesn't seem like he's good about putting guys in a position to succeed. And if I'm, you know, a Jags fan, I'm like, we got to get rid of this dude after this season because as good of a prospect as Lawrence is, like two years of this, that can do some like lasting damage. So you need to get someone in here that's going to be a best fit for him. Yeah. Um, and but- I don't know if I don't – and the thing is I don't know if I'll put it all – I don't know if I'll put it all on uh, Urban Meyer like that. I just think – I will. <laughs> any, any time he's ever been in college, he hasn't had to worry about recruiting. Like, so the thing is, he always going to have the best players when he was at Ohio State. He was always yeah. going to have athletes when he was at Florida. And um, I think and even when he was at Utah, he, he, he does a good job of recruiting. But in the NFL, like, when you, it's a draft, everybody gets the same shot at the same players. So right. when it comes down to it, yeah, I mean, players don't get to choose to come to you. So yeah. whenever there's a draft and you try to draft right, yeah, it was great you drafted Trevor Lawrence because I think that he's a phenomenal talent. But whenever you don't have those other pieces in place and it doesn't work out, that's new to Urban. He ain't used to that. We saw mm-hmm. how that worked. Look how it worked with Saban. Same thing. And you, you don't think Nick Saban's a bad coach. I mean, we, he's one. He's the greatest college coach of all time. I mean, it's it's him, and then Urban's right. Urban's right there, right behind him. So I mean, so it makes it really tough. I do say one of my favorite like what ifs in terms of like NFL history is what if the Dolphins had had signed Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper because that's who Saban wanted was Drew Brees. Like, are we looking at Saban being in Miami against Belichick for all these years instead of Alabama? I mean, maybe like because he was he was starting to turn he was starting to turn him around. They were a really bad team. Yeah. And he was starting like it was a process, but he was starting yeah. to turn him around, and then he just like after this. I also think I also think Saban does a phenomenal job of making when they play Georgia on Saturday. Mm. I think that the the difference between uh, Georgia playing other teams and whenever they played Alabama was the fact that their quarterback was able to have a lot more time in the pocket to get that when they were trying to make their drives the quarterback had more than four seconds in the pocket on some of the passes he was throwing. So yeah. I think that Nick Saban understands that and he's not trying to, he doesn't make it sexy like people like when it comes to, oh, skill player, skill player. Nick Saban's like, no, oh, let me build from the line out. Yep. So I think that's where he does a good job is that he focuses on his lineman play. And maybe he's just a, a little bit more involved with his offensive lineman than Urban Meyer is. But I think if you're not involved in your protection in the front, it's tough. Yep. You have to have that. And I think that's I why. Mean, that's, that's what. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's what J-Rob said when he came in. Need to build from inside out, focus on the trenches. And that's, you know, he's had a little bit of a rough spell there lately, but yep. he still keeps investing in it. Um, yep. So, yeah, I think I think that's the way to do it. Yeah, and that's why offensive line struggles a little bit more than most people because we tried to draft for offensive line, but we don't have anybody in there that really knows the offensive line like that. Right. Rabel's, a, Rabel's a really big defensive guy. 
which keeps us in a lot of games. Watching, go back and watch the New England game again, and you see that he puts his defense in a chance in a in a, a position to where they always have a chance to put the offense in a chance to win. But then they're getting that chance to win, and Ryan, Ryan Tannehill's back there for three seconds, and somebody's breathing down his neck. I mean, it's it's really tough for those offensive coaches to make things happen. I mean, that's why and when the Cowboys are great, it's because their offensive line is great. I mean, when the when the Bucks are great, it's because Tom Brady has something to do what he, he what he's supposed to do. I that's that's what makes a difference. Like, it, there's not been a team where Tom Brady's on where like he he doesn't have an offensive line that does with it, like takes care of him and makes sure he has time. Green Bay the same way. Difference between Green Bay is Aaron Rodgers. I think talent wise is probably one of the most talented quarterbacks physically that's ever played the game. So he's able to kind of like make some kind of weird throw or he knows to get rid of the ball quick. Devontae, he's always had like Devontae Adams gets open for him really fast or he, he knows how he knows to read the check downs really well. So that's like, there's a little bit of it that has a lot to do with like quarterback play, but then a lot of it has to do with the fact that the offensive line conforms to the quarterback. And I think that as you see that, it matters. And that's why Matt Jones looks a lot better than he probably is because if you give any quarterback five, six seconds in the pocket, yeah, you're going to find somebody. Yeah. It's going to be a throw. Like, what do you want DBs to do? They're covering world-class athletes for more than six seconds? Like, mm. come on, man. Like, nobody's going to be able to do that. Not Deion Sanders couldn't cover a corner, couldn't cover Jerry Rice for more than – Five six seconds. He yeah. couldn't cover the 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 most media. Couldn't cover. He couldn't cover. Um, who's the guy from the Bills? Uh, BB. Uh, what's his fucking name? I can't think of his name. <sighs> slipped through my slip through my mind. But like the like, there's no there's no receiver. Period. Yeah. Out there that can cover that can get covered by a DB for more than five six seconds. It is mm. once you let yeah. them run their route. And then they start getting a freestyle and running back to the ball. Quarterback's going to find them if the quarterback has the intelligence to go through the reads. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's actually something I thought that the Patriots did a good job of was they set up Mac with like easy. You know, he was getting the, rid of the ball in like two seconds. Um, McDaniel's is so good at those set plays um, and getting you know scheming guys open that you know a lot of people were talking about the Titans pass rush, but Mac Jones is getting rid of the ball so quickly. Like, you know, on the flip side, you can't cover anybody for six seconds, but you also can't sack anybody in a second and a half. Like it it was, it was a double whammy. And then, yeah, when they did have longer developing plays, their offensive line was great. So it was tough. Um, But that's really all, all the stats I have. So like in in summary, I think this is going to be a good opportunity for the Titans to get back to their roots and effectively run the ball. And let's just hope that, you know, the, the Jags keep underutilizing James Robinson and squandering uh, Trevor Lawrence. Cause that's, that's the thing, you know, we're talking about how talented both those guys are. That's the worry is all of a sudden they're like, Oh, oh shit. Maybe we should, you know, use these guys and Trevor Lawrence can have a huge game. And James Robinson, I mean, James Robinson, um, I think he had a pretty huge game against us in the first game. Right. Like, even though, well, um, yeah, you said that you said that he was having a huge game. And then for some reason they went away from him. I'm pretty sure it's what you said last time we did the last time we he, he had 18, 18 carries for 149 yards in our right. first matchup. 
Right. So like I think something happened. You have to be a moron to not come out tomorrow and or on this weekend and give him at least 20 carries. He hasn't eclipsed 20 carries at all this season. Right. Which like for a team that bad, he's probably your best player right now. So yeah, yeah, that's why I'm putting it all on Urban. (laughs) Like the guy just guy just can't make decisions that like easy decisions. Like give the ball, don't give it to Carlos Hyde. Like and that's a funny thing too. Carlo, both Carlos Hyde and James Robinson fumbled last weekend, but only James Robinson got benched for it. Like it it's just it's just Urban's boys, man. Oh, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand it, but whatever. Hopefully, he makes a lot of bad decisions this weekend, and we can kind of yeah. We 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 need a, there has to be a w. yeah we <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. Has to be a W if we can get we can get rolling again. And get back on get back on the horse because we got some tough games coming up. I mean, obviously San Francisco's not a walkthrough. Pittsburgh's not a walkthrough. Like mm-hmm. we gotta we we gotta be ready to go. And um, it 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 starts this week. And I'm sure that there's a lot of Titans fans that are really 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 watching this game to make sure that we kind of get things back on track. So we'll see what happens. Uh, as for the two minute warning, uh, there's just a few things I need to go over. So two minute warning starts now. So I think that. If the Titans come out this weekend and they start establishing the run, then you can't come out and get away from the run. We saw against New England where you were running the ball all over them. You had over 200 yards in three quarters. And next thing you know, you come out on a drive where you have a chance to kind of get the momentum going, take the lead, and you pass the ball three straight times. That can't happen. Put yourself in position to win the ball game. If you're out physical, if you're out, if you're being more physical than uh, Jacksonville and they can't, handle you keep stuffing it down the throat um turnovers i want to see us get back to the whole turnover thing i know that we were able to uh force a lot of turnovers in some earlier games which kind of turned the tide the rams game we had the pick six and we had all the cute stuff get back to getting pressure on the quarterback and trevor lawrence will give you a shot trevor lawrence is a very talented quarterback i think he has a long long career in this league but right now he's in a position where it's pin your ears back, get after him, and just do what you're supposed to do. I don't care if it's zero coverage, just do what you have to do, get after him, make him, make him, make him sling it up. Um, also, Tannehill being very selective with his with the ball. If you got to do the check down, throw the check down. If it's right there in the middle, throw it in the middle. But I think that Ryan Tannehill has to regain his confidence this week. There can't be any. There can't be any forcing it in, crazy windows, uh, just not going through all your progressions and making early decisions. But in order to do that, the last thing that I'll say is there has to be protection up front. You can't let Tannehill have to get rid of the ball in three seconds and expect him to be able to do a good job. If, if you're watching the game on Sunday and you're sitting on your couch, you're eating your chips and you're drinking beer and you're being lazy like myself, you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, I'll be at the game. But you can't sit there and be like, oh, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and expect him to have to get rid of the ball and expect him to be pretty all the time. It, if he can't have at least four to five seconds to, like, throw the ball out, then that means that the pass, the pass, like, protection is not sufficient. And I think that that's the one thing that I think a lot of us have really gotten away from is that we see him throw a bad play and we're like, what are you doing, Tannehill? Bro, if you, as soon as you hike the ball, 
if a defensive end screaming around your right or left tackle and you see him right at your your like peripheral, of course you're going to make a bad choice. Realize the fact that playing a quarterback is the hardest position to play in professional sports. Like I think that Titans fans, this is the weekend where we kind of have to realize, okay, it's not been that easy for Tannehill. He hasn't had a lot of healthy people. So take a step back and realize that playing quarterback in the NFL is the hardest position to play in professional sports. That's all I agree with that. Agree with that. So Tannehill's got to come out and prove he's better than Kirk Cousins because I – yeah, yeah, I don't want to see that anymore. I didn't even want to jump in that fray because there was too many Kirk. There's so many Kirk comments that I was like, I'm not going to get any reasonable responses here. But yeah, I don't want to see at a certain point, like he's got to he's got to shut the people up. He's yeah. had a bad stretch. Good quarterbacks bounce back from it. That's what he's got to do. Yeah, I don't want to see it anymore. I also want to go out on a limb and say that Kirk Cousins isn't a very bad quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and say that, too. I don't no, think no, very, I, I, I think he's actually underrated. I think the question, though, is who do you trust more? And Kirk Cousins shits the bed whenever he, he gets to the big moment. So I think, I think he's a decent quarterback. I just think that he cannot be trusted in the big moments, where I think Tannehill, you know, maybe outside of some of the playoff games, has led a lot of fourth-quarter comebacks and has performed in big moments. Right. So I'll, I'll take him any day. Exactly. Same here. So big game this weekend. We know we got to get back on the winning track, get things back going in the right order. We got we got a long way to go, and I want people to understand that we got to get a lot of people back. It's going to be great to see a lot of people back. And it was great to see uh, it was great to see Racy back in practice. Great to see Julio back in practice. But for me, I think until we start seeing a lot of defensive players back, I'm not going to really get myself like too fired up because I want to see that before I get like super stimulated and excited. But this, <laughs> this, this week is big. This week is big, but don't want you too stimulated. This. No, yeah. Don't get me going. Don't get me going yet. But I want, I want, I, I definitely want to see, I definitely want to see what we can do when it comes to protecting the quarterback, get us some time to do what he needs to do right there. And I want to see, I want to see us like, really go out here and establish a run and do what we're supposed to do. Cause yeah. what I really, what I really hate is I hate the fact that we came in, I came into that new England game with no expectation. And mm-hmm. what happened was, is that I got myself excited because I thought that we were going to like, we were actually in a position where we could hang with new England and we probably should have been able to kind of win that game. And what happened was, is that we got, we got away from the things that really kind of got us in position to win the game in order to get kind of cute. And I don't want to see any of that. I want to see yeah. if the running game's working, stick with the running game. If the passing is working, stick with the passing game. And then as you get people back, you kind of then go back to what it was that we were doing. We know what we can do when we have full strength. The fact that we were able to come out against Buffalo and Kansas City and do what we were supposed to do was great. Coming out against Kansas City with no expectation whatsoever and winning that game, was huge but put yourself in a position where you can win the game and do what you're supposed to do and do your job so that's what i really want to see happen in this game and i think that um i think that the titans come out of here and um they they do what's supposed to do before we get out of here though give me a score prediction um i do think it's a bit of a get right game i'm gonna go 31 17 titans um i'll go 
I'm gonna go twenty-seven to ten. Okay. All right. So we're wow. both in the the fourteen to seventeen point two score victory. Yeah, that's what I that's what I'll say happens in this game. I think I, I would. Know, here's what I will say: if if we really want to be uh, if we really want to be like non-biased, I'll say that the I, I would probably not be surprised if the Texans come out and score first in this game. Phil go to touchdown. The Titans score first? No, said? Jacksonville. Oh, Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that would – I mean, that would feel appropriate, right? Then everybody starts panicking right off the bat. Yeah. Right off the bat. Yeah, I can see yeah, that. Right off the bat. I'll tell you right now, if the, the Titans will give you something to panic about in this game, do not do it. Just wait. Just calm down. Yeah. Calm. Yeah. I, everybody just relax. R-E-L-A-X. <laughs> relax. In fairness, and I say I agree with you, we this team has been burnt. I mean, like same thing with the Jets and the Texans. I was relaxed and relaxed and relaxed, and then I wasn't at the end. So yeah, I can no, understand. No. I can under like I will be relaxed, but I can understand why someone might not be. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. Well, let's get everybody back from our hour. Welcome back from the bye week, everybody. We got Jacksonville this week at home. Let's fill that stadium up. Let's get crunk. Um, and let's take care of business. Uh, Nick, are you, are you making? Are you gonna make it to the game this weekend? Or no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But no. We'll see. I'll blame you. Uh, I, I gotta buy Christmas presents for kids, man. I can't be going out. I, I, understand. I, I got my budget strapped. I understand. Budget strapped. I understand. So. Right, listen, listen. The old lady bought a new car. I'm, I'm <laughs> reluctant to have to send this check to the Titans for next season, but I'm gonna do the best I can. I'm gonna try to be there, and we're gonna we're gonna do the, we're gonna do everything we can. But let's go ahead and let's get this W, do what we're supposed to do. And until next time, I know.